All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League, Red Triangle Sports Podcast, Week 11. I'm your host, Denver Desert Dog. We are just under one week till the trade deadline here in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. A couple guys still yet um, got some money to get. One of them does not have any money to get. His name's Eddie Mitchum, and he's joining me tonight. How you doing, Eddie? Good. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, we are happy to have you. Happy to write the ship here. Um, last week was a little rough. Also joining from Teabag, take your ball and go home, Shane Stein. Good to be back, Matt. Good to have you back. Um, Butler joined us last week. Probably a one and done thing. <laughs> things got <laughs> things things got a little out of hand. Uh, Papa Cos was happy to have Butler on though. He said he had his two biggest fans on the podcast. So it was a nice reprieve, <laughs> nice reprieve from having Eddie make fun of everything and talk that bad about his team. So, and then you guys pulled off a deal. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that deal after the week eleven trivia, which I am so mad that I didn't nail. I, I listened back to it. I don't know how I missed Carr, Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Um. I have, have two ready for you. I'm not sure which way I want to go. But Let's do them both. You want to do both? Yeah. All right. I got to say before we start this, I hated this trivia. Hated it. But last week not being on the show and listening to it, it's kind of entertaining because I know you said Spears too, but like I know I was sitting there yelling like, Car! Car, you idiot! So like, it's kind of entertaining to listen to it. Even when you guys, like one of your baseball shows, I listened to one of the baseball shows and I was like guessing and stuff and I don't even know anything about baseball, but it's, it's kind of entertaining. Appreciate something positive coming out of your mouth, Ed. It's good stuff. All right, well, I got my twenty-five dollars. I'm a new man. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stick with Stump the Schwab style here. I think that's been working out well. Yeah, are we gonna are we gonna say last names too? We're not gonna. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> All right. So we'll start off with the easier one here. I think I think is the easier one of the two. So far this year, in the NFL, there are fourteen wide receivers. That have more than fifty catches. There are four that have fifty, but there, I'm not counting those guys. So they have to have more than fifty receptions this year. Fourteen wide receivers. Who wants to go first? AJ Green. Ed's on the board. He's number three with sixty-six. I'd love uh, to have a pencil right now. Antonio Brown. Antonio's number one with 69 catches. Beckham. Beckham is tied for 10th with 54. Um, Julio. Julio is number four. He has 61, tied for fourth with 61. So fast in this, just brain brain just cramps up. <laughs> Holy smokes! I'm gonna go off the wall here. I might go out early. Try something new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Saints uniforms are fire. Stephon nice. Diggs. Stephon Diggs, and I'm tied for number four with Julio. Not off the wall. Okay, sixty-one. I knew he had twenty-six in the last two weeks. So. <laughs> 
I'll go Mike Evans. Mike Evans is sixth with 59. Oh, you had that in one week the other week, but okay. Yeah, I was watching the game with Shane. It's fun. <laughs> uh, we don't have number two yet. We don't have number two yet. This this one's not easy. This one's not easy at all. I always struggle to think of people. Um, give me Brandon Cooks. Cooks is not on the list. Um, Damn. Damn. Cooks has. Forty-four catches this year. All right. It's yours for the taking, Taz. All right. Get one here. Crab. Crabtree's not on the list either. Oh. Uh, You're back in. Crabtree has 49. (laughs) I'm back in? That's how this works? Yeah, let's go. We have sudden death here. got pretty much the easy ones. I mean, there's... Well, Marvin Jones has to be in there. Probably not. It's Eddie's turn. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say him, so... Robinson has 48 catches, so he's not. What? So Taj for the win again. <laughs> um, Jameson Crowder. <laughs> I was gonna say that one my my second to list. Yes. Crowder's not on the list either. He has 44. Wow. Um, he's been he's been more of a five touchdown helping his production. Touchdown dependent guy. Some, some good yardage there. Decent. <laughs> You're struggling a little bit more than I thought you were with this. Um, yeah, it's a struggle. Give me. Uh, let's try. I don't even know what these dudes. Stats if you, look if like. you guys do know me, generally when I ask questions, there's there's kind of an underlying reason that I that I do ask them. So I mean, not necessarily it was for this one, but there's there's a couple of reasons for this list of why I wanted to maybe go this direction. How about Jordy? No shot. Jordy is not on the list. Jordy, I knew that one. That Jordy wasn't has what I to fifty say. exactly. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is on the list. He is number nine, tied for tied for eighth. Sorry, fifty-five catches. That was, that was very very good thought out there, Kaz. Yeah, I'm no dummy. I know we're gonna touch on Landry a little bit, so. Um. All right, I'll keep going. Jordan Matthews. Matthews is not on the list. Right. 48 catches for Matthews. Drops. So, number two, the other part of my the reason, how good is Larry Fitzgerald? 68 oh, yeah. catches this year. Uh, guy's still got it. That's your boy. That's my boy. Gotta, anytime I can plug Fitzy, you got to do it. 
but I mean, now the Cooper. Over. Cooper. Mari Cooper, seven. 58. Sanders. Sanders has 54. That's what I was going to say, but Jordy Nelson came out of the mouth for some reason. It was weird. It just happened. Devontae Adams. Adams is not on the list. Wow. Um, That's dumb. Has, Marius? Adams has 50 as well. Uh, Demarius is on there. He has 55. I was literally going to say both of those. We got to fact check this. And then the last three guys are... I'm literally on the NFL website <laughs> looking at this. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is on the list. 51. He's tied for 13th. And you have 12 and the other guy is tied for 13th. So you got one has 51 and the other has 53. Oh, there's two guys left. Two guys left. Um, Kel- Kelvin? Benjamin? No, Benjamin's not on the list. What about Cole Beasley? No, Beasley was a good guess. Beasley has 48. Uh, I'm going to help you guys out so we can move on to Yeah, this. please do. This is um, sick, T.Y. Hilton, 52. God, I thought about that, too. Terrell Pryor, 51. Thought about him, too. Uh, didn't think they had that many. That's surprising. All right, get to another question. All right, so the, the harder one, I think, I think anyway. Maybe not. We'll see. There are 12 running backs that have more than 30 catches. 12 running backs with more than 30 catches this year. All right, good. Me? Yeah. Uh, Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick is on the list. He is sixth with 35. Sproles. Sproles is tied for eighth with 33. How about... Uh, James White. James White's on the list. He's tied for eighth with 33 as well. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's number one. 45 catches. in the league, Ed. <laughs> huh? <laughs> How about you start naming the cookies? Get them out of the way. No, I want the hard stuff. This is where I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to go with DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray, number four, 37. All right. We've been, uh, we've been used out of the backfield this year. Wasn't usually part of his forte. Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is not on the list. Oh. Um, the win, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is not on the list either. Nice. What? Um, Recap. But just for time's sake, so we can get into the show. Number three, the Duke. Duke Johnson, 39 really? catches this year. Um, also on the list, Bilal Powell is fifth, 36. Everyone's favorite touchdown dependent running back, Melvin Gordon, 33. He sucks. TJ Yeldon. 32, and Devontae Freeman rounding out the top 12. 31 catches. That's only 11. Only 11? Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 
I missed someone then. Bell, uh, David. Never mind. I had, I had white sandwiched in there. It was my bad. All right. That was miserable. Thanks for coming up with that, Shane. No problem. <laughs> All right. It's a pleasure, as always. <laughs> All right, so we had a trade happen this week. Papa Kaz on a cruise ship makes a deal with Eddie. Eddie gets Alshon Jeffrey, the recently suspended Alshon Jeffrey, the $36 recently suspended Alshon Jeffrey, and $3 draft cash for LeGarrette Blunt. Heading into a matchup against the San Francisco 49ers and Jarvis Landry. So, um, I guess we'll let Shane go first here. Get this out of the way. Big sigh, Shane style. Yeah, I figured we were going to get into this. Obviously, this is the, the big move of the week. Um, not a whole lot as far as waiver transactions, so this was the big topic. Um... You guys know where I stand. I, I our listeners don't don't really know that I like the deal. Um, I guess it comes down to I've told you guys both. Like, it comes down to whether or not you perceive Alshon Jeffrey as a keeper in this league at thirty six bucks. Um, if you perceive Alshon Jeffrey as a keeper at thirty six, then then this deal is this, this deal is okay. I, I for one, I'm a big Jeffrey fan. Obviously, I've talked him up on the. On the pods, I, I just don't know that his value at 36 is, is strong enough of a keeper option for me. Um, that's kind of where I stand. That's where I, it kind of makes the deal, in my opinion, um, a little lopsided. Anytime, uh, obviously, Ed's out of it. Um, he's 2-8. and eight. He's not making the playoffs this year, so he's starting to build for next year. Um, wants to get some pieces that he can that he can work with. Obviously, Papa Kaz is in it. He's, he's leading the LA division. So it's always tricky when you get a team that's, that's selling and giving away two startable players in, in Blunt and Landry, who are pretty good players, and not really getting back in the eyes of, of some. I think I feel like people are going to think that he could, could have gotten more. I, I don't know. That's, that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I guess that's where that's kind of the fun part of breaking down trades is. Um, in my opinion, I think that Papa Kaz wins the deal. I'll let you guys. I know you guys are. No, I think Papa Kaz won the deal too. I'm not. I don't think that's even in question. I think Eddie would agree with that too. Um, Any <laughs> anytime you can win now, you win a deal. Um, I'm not sure. Blunt and Landry. I don't think Blunt's as good as everyone thinks he is. Uh, week fifteen. Week fifteen. He's got Denver. Week sixteen. He's got the Jets. Can't run on the Jets. Looks like you can run on Denver a little bit, but I'm not sure that. Um, New England will be able to run on Denver. So, Papakaz would have gotten Alshon Jeffrey back in Week 15 for hopefully what he's hoping is going to be a deep playoff run. Um, I'm, Landry has the Jets in Week 15 on the road and Buffalo on the road in Week 16. I'm not sure I'd rather have Jeffrey than both of those guys for Weeks 15 and 16. But the big thing for Papakaz is he needs a win his division he needs to get that by. It's huge. So um, I think that was really his impetus for him to make this move. Um, I thought it was a toss-up for him. Either way, um, I didn't feel like he needed to make this move to make his team better to win it all. But I felt like if he wanted to win the division, he had to go out and make this move. So um, 
Oh. My turn? Yeah, dead. Um, when you're 2 and 8, you don't care who they're playing. If you're 15 and 16, you don't care if they're suspended. So, for me to look at that doesn't really matter. Um, I'm looking at keepers and keeper options. And LeGarrette Blunt's not a keeper option. Jarvis Landry kept him last year. And I told you guys before we came on, there's no way I'm riding that roller coaster again. Um, one touchdown on the year, six games under 10 points, five games over 10 points. There's there's no consistency with the guy. It's not someone that I want to keep. Um, am I sure that Alshon Jeffries is a great keeper? No. But I'm intrigued by the fact that he's a free agent and could land anywhere. Um, and it's I don't think it's any mystery to anyone that – if he lands anywhere that's not with Jay Cutler, it, it can't be worse. Um, so I'm intrigued by that. I don't know that $36 is a great price for him, but we don't know where he's going to be. So it could end up being a good price. You look at the price of receivers this year, it's easy to say that Jeffrey at $36 isn't a great keeper, but the prices of keepers this year was pretty high, or the prices of receivers this year was pretty high. So. I'm not sure that it doesn't end up being a decent deal for his price, especially depending on where he lands. So that was my thought process. Um, some like it, some don't. But you know what? I was on the other side of the coin last year where I was just fighting to get in the playoffs, and there were some guys being moved around, and I was saying the same stuff. So it just depends on what side of it you're on. Um, I brought up to, to, to the extent the Edelman trade last year, which was kind of similar. Granted, it ended up not paying out for you. It ended up being that you got the worst end of the deal, but when the deal was made, it looked like you traded a guy that was out to the season to a non-contender who wanted a keeper option. They gave you guys that looked like they were the better options. It ended up not working out that way, but at the time of the deal, uh, who knows? If Jarvis Landry goes out and breaks his leg tomorrow, we're kind of in the same situation. He didn't get much for Jeffrey, which is kind of what fell down to last year. It ended up not being that great of a deal. <clears throat> but... There was the same kind of stink last year. I was one of the guys that fought against that trade. I vetoed it online because I was trying to get into the playoffs and and whatnot. So it just depends on what side of your own. I think this is an element that comes with the keeper league, especially when draft cash can be moved. So, I mean, if we're not willing to see guys playing for next year, then we shouldn't be having a keeper league. So everyone that's 2-8 and eight can just watch their roster sit there and die and not do anything. Yeah, it's certainly, I mean, no matter what kind of league you're in, there's always going to be, when a move like this is made, I mean, when a team that's out of it makes a move with a team that's that's in it, there's always going to be kind of mixed feelings. Um, like I said, I mean, there's not much else I can say. It comes down to whether or not you think Alshon Jeffrey is, is a keeper for next year. Um, that, that's really what it is for me. Um, I, I personally don't, but you said you do. Is there any chance that Jeffrey goes back in the draft next if Jeffrey had gone back in the draft next year that he goes for less than thirty six dollars? I don't think there's any shot that happens. <clears throat> Unless he goes to the Rams. But Well, I don't know that he goes for less than thirty six. I I'm not gonna say that. I think he goes for more than thirty six. But I'm not even sure how he went for thirty six this year. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. As, as far as just because he goes for more than 36, I don't know that that necessarily makes him a strong keeper option. Um, 
when you're looking at like value as far as keeper, I feel like you're trying to get someone that is going to go for maybe <laughs> twenty to thirty dollars more in the draft than than they necessarily would. Um, yeah, I get I mean, that. I don't know that Alshon Jeffrey going for forty two dollars. Oh, I got him for thirty six. That was a great keeper. Uh, but look at it this way: we have a two hundred, roughly two hundred dollar cap. Okay. We know where the quarterback value is. We're trying to do something about that. Okay. No one's going to spend money on quarterbacks for the most part. No one's going to spend money on kicker and defense. That's two more positions. That's three positions, potentially four, if you draft two quarterbacks that you're allotting $10 for or whatever. Also, you're going to have probably two to three bench players that are really low-dollar players as well. So where does the, the money has to get spent somewhere? So I'm not sure $36 keepers are even a bad thing in this league anymore because... We have trouble spending the money as it is amongst all the guys in the draft. Um, the money has to go somewhere, and I think in football more so than we're think. I think we're thinking almost too much about baseball and our keeper league in baseball, where we have to fill twenty five roster spots with a similar salary cap. The money has to be allocated. I think you need to keep the best players. Is what I'm trying to say. Keep the best. Keep your best talent, but. Yeah, I guess it just comes down to where's that breaking point because, all right, I know Kevin was on the pod last week and said that he wanted to keep Antonio Brown at $79. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's a good idea. Personally I don't either. Because I don't know. We, we've proven that we've had two drafts. Brown went for 76 yep. and 79 So you know pretty much where his value is going to be. Um, so I don't know that keeping him at 79 is going to make a big difference when you could probably go out and spend $80 next year and get him. Um, but you also know that you have him. You there. also know that you have him. That's always makes you feel comfortable when you have the number one guy. It's always nice to have, no doubt. But as far as – it just comes down to opinion. My, my opinion as far as keeper value, I'm looking for someone that's going to far outweigh their what they're going to go for in the draft as far as what I'm keeping. So I'd rather keep someone for 15 that I think is going to go for 40 than 36 going for what I think is going to go for 45. I don't think those players are available in the trade market, though, and if you don't have them, how are you going to get them? Is that First of all, they're not available in the trade market. Second of all, they're not available at the wide receiver position. What, what receiver is there that you're keeping that's going to be 50% off the tag price. Well, I'm he, he kept one. Last, he kept down. one last year in Mike Evans. There's yeah, not, that's what I'm in. saying. They're all they're all rostered, and you're not getting them. So, I mean, I'm looking at the roster, sh- the, the draft sheet now. Randall Cobb, 28. John Brown, 25. Um, Marys Thomas, 40. Like T. Y. Hilton, 42. Who 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 are you keeping that's saving you money at the receiver position? And with all the receivers that are going to get kept, where do you get ahead of the game? Where do you get ahead of the curve if you don't have a receiver that's keepable? I'm not keeping Jarvis Landry. Not doing it. Yeah, his tag's $15. Someone could keep – I could have kept him for 18 Not doing it. Yeah, I think – I mean, that that's probably a toss-up. Landry at 18 or Jeffrey at 36 I think I'm more intrigued by Jeffrey. I, I, like, I think I like a potential situation being better for him than – 
I've seen Ryan Tannehill. I know what Ryan Tannehill looks like. I don't need to see any more of Ryan Tannehill. Um, and I think Ajayi is the feature guy there. So uh, I'm not saying I don't get everything you're saying, Shane. I, I just don't think it was. I don't think it was that bad of a deal at all. Bad. So. Any final words? No, I think we covered pretty much <laughs> what we thought we were going to do. It, it didn't get vetoed. No veto votes. So, let's move into the Week 11 matchups. Start off with my matchup. Actually, can we talk about something real quick? I yeah. didn't get it. Like, other than um, you sending it out, I don't get the emails for when the trade goes through. Do we get those? Uh, you might have to look at your notification settings for your ESPN account. Okay. Yeah, cause I do. I do. I'll, right. I'll help you with that. All right. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm sure it's on my end. I just the trades go through until you send them out. I don't even get them, so it's like I don't know what's going on here. Um, they may not come through. Depending on your email filter, they may not come through. They may come through as like junk or something. So. Okay. All right, so we're gonna start off Denver Desert Dogs versus Fleetwood franchise. Franchise lost a tough one last week. Um, less than a point to the Seawolves. They actually had the lead in the fourth quarter of the 4 o'clock games, and then Phil Rivers threw two interceptions, gave the lead back, and Paul Perkins couldn't put up four points to get him the win on Monday night. So, must win here for the franchise. Uh, but we'll start off with my team. I'm just going to talk about Kirk Cousins. He's my starting quarterback this week. There's not a whole lot to talk about in Denver right now with the Desert Dogs. Pretty poor squad. Um, and I don't think we want to talk about C.J. Procise again. So... Is Kirk Cousins a trustworthy starter for years to come in fantasy football? Hmm. For years to come. It's interesting you put it different. I thought we were going to talk about the Green Bay matchup because I love him this week. I like it a lot. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm wondering, is he like comparable to, say, a Phil Rivers or someone? Like a back-end 8-12 to 12 quarterback that if he's your starter... At the end of draft day, are you comfortable with Kirk Cousins? Where 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 do we stand on him? Do we still like that? Um, I like him more now than I did last year. He was one of the guys coming into this year that was being tossed around as one of the guys you could wait for, and I was completely off that. Didn't think so. Um, but I think as long as the situation continues to improve in Washington, um, I kind of don't mind him as that back end guy. I think. They know what they have with him, and the more they continue to manage him, he's not going to go out and be a world beater. He's not going to go out and, and dominate the game, but I think there's definitely some value with him. As long as him and Jordan Reed stay connected, um, I think there's going to be a lot there. I guess it comes down to how, how long are we talking here as far as years, because I like Cousins. I, I, think, I think he's a really good player. He, let's put it this way. He's Washington's franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. So as long as he's in Washington, are you comfortable with him? I am comfortable with him. I, I think he's a really just a smart, good football player. Um, it doesn't necessarily always translate to fantasy. Um, obviously, we saw at the end of the year last year his fantasy value was probably as high as it's going to get when they were spreading the ball around, just chucking it all over the place. Um, I don't think he's ever—he's never going to jump into a, a top tier for me. I think he, I don't think that's where you were going with this. No, he's not going to be a. Trustworthy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. He's gonna be for at least another year or two. Really? That, that long? Yeah. I would give him probably at least five years. You gonna say five? 
I just don't, I mean, he'd, he'd have to really... Don't love the franchise. Washington, bad ownership. Things can go south there in a hurry. Um, I'll take three and a half. I'll take two. So, I'll, I'll give him two years. All right. I like Cousins, too. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Phil Rivers. So, I don't think they're ever going to win a ton of games with him, but um, I think he's a good... He's a good I don't think they're ever going to be bad with him, though. They're no. never going to be, like, terrible with him. No. Because of him, anyway. I don't think he's going to hurt you too much. I think Jay Gruden's a pretty good coach, too. I actually like Jay Gruden. So, he's a lot better than that coach in uh, Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> let's move over to the Fleetwood franchise. Stay at the quarterback position. Is Mariota a top five guy at Indianapolis this week? He's been the hottest quarterback in football right now. Indianapolis turns into a top five guy, and especially when you're on a run like Mariota is, you gotta like it. Um, he's been on a tear, and I'm the last guy to like Mariota, like most people. But I'm on the Jameis Winston side of that draft class. But the dude's been on a tear, and he's doing it with really without a ton of wide receiver weapons. Um, I like what they're doing with the offense. They've kind of transitioned and and really opened up the playbook. They went from you know, two tights, two backs, and, and running the snot out of the ball. Now they're letting him make plays, and he's showing he can handle it. And they're giving him more options and more ability to make plays. So um, he's been great the last couple weeks. Well, it's the highest over-under on the board. So they're expecting some points in in the Tennessee-Indianapolis game. I think most people are. Um, hard for me to trust him. He's been on fire. Just because of the wide receiver talent, it's, it's hard for me to always back him. But I, I think it's kind of a safe play to say he's probably top five this week. I wanted to talk about the wide receiver talent because that's obviously an issue. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like he's making these guys better. And it may be partly um, the presence of DeMarco Murray, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later tonight. But um, Rashard Matthews is kind of a household name right now in receivers. So uh, I think Mariota's doing a real nice job. I like him a lot this week, so. Um, just follow-up question. Looking at the franchise roster, they're almost in a similar spot that they were in last year. Um, is Mariota a potential keeper option for them? I know we don't love keeping quarterbacks, but I think they got him at a pretty decent price. And uh, you obviously love the intrigue of a number two overall quarterback. Um, what do you guys think about Mariota as a potential keeper? Well, just looking at their roster far as who they're going to keep. I think he probably is their second best option, I'd say. I'm interested to hear who you think their first is, because I feel like it's still DeAndre Hopkins. I'm saying DeAndre Hopkins is okay. still their first uh, keeper option. I don't really love anyone else as far as... I don't, what, I don't know what the price tag on Cooks. I feel like it's too high. 42, yeah, I think. So, I'll go. I think Mariota might be their second best option right now. Yeah, I don't, like you said, I don't really subscribe to the keeping quarterbacks. I, I just, there's there's not enough put-on quarterbacks in our league, so I'm not sure that that's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the tag is. I'm looking at the draft sheet, but half the people on people's teams aren't weren't drafted. I don't know. 
the Chris Ivory experiment's not working out, so who knows what TJ Yeldon brings to the table. I know he's not good, but... That's what I was going to say. I mean, the other options, Ed, where are they? Ingram and Yeldon? I mean, are those your other... I'm not sure that Cooks isn't an option. Like we just talked about with the receivers, 42. I mean, I don't see why it can't be done. Still has yet to be seen um, if Paul Perkins is going to be a guy. I mean, David Johnson hadn't broken out at this point last year, so I think we like Perkins' talent, but we'll see what happens there. And Kevin White's a name to think about. You know, we just talked about Jeffrey maybe on another team. Kevin White had a real nice start to his season this year before he got hurt, so I think we'd have to maybe take a look at him if that situation changes. So There's some guys there, but they're in a similar spot that they were in last year. So who wins this matchup? Dogs franchise. Dogs. Yeah, I'll take the Desert Dogs as well. I think I maybe get a win. So, All right, let's move over to the Seawolves versus Take Your Ball and Go Home. Starting off with the Seawolves. Is this a playoff roster? It's a, kind of a wide-ranging question, but there's not a lot of talent on this squad, and they, somehow they keep hanging on. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think about the Seawolves. Phil's done a pretty nice job. He's probably gotten some good fortune, but he's around. He's hanging around like he usually is. It, I mean, he's 5-5. Five and five. He's in the thick of things. If, I don't know what his schedule is going out. Um, he could sneak in, but I don't think it's a roster that makes any noise in the playoffs. I just don't think there's anything great at the running back position. Spencer Ware has been um, pretty good for the most part, but I don't think there's enough there. Terrence West is on his way out, it seems, with Dixon. Like I said just a minute ago, the Chris Ivory experience isn't working, and Jeremy Hill, who knows what kind of week you're going to catch him on, so I just don't think there's enough there. With that being said, there's really not at the receiver position either. Like you said, there's just not a lot there. Um, so I, if he sneaks in with a, with a win here down the stretch or whatever he needs to get in, I don't even know. I don't think it's a, no- a roster that makes any noise in the playoffs at all. Yeah, I think I, I can agree with you there. Um, I don't think he's going to win in the playoffs if he gets in. Um, that being said, I think Phil does get in. Um, not to, I guess I'll make my pick early. I think he's going to beat me this week. And I think that getting the 6-5 six, six and five is going to make him just probably have to win one more of his last two. To get in, I think he can do that. But once he gets in, I don't know that he can make any noise. There's not enough. There's not enough top top level talent there for me to to get behind winning the playoffs. I'm assuming he hasn't set his lineup yet this week because we'd have to think Rashard Matthews will be in there. Um, even maybe a Corey Coleman as well. So <clears throat> I think he does have a good shot to beat you this week, Shane. Um, he may have to do something about the quarterback position. We all know how we feel about Blake Bortles, but I agree. I don't know if this is a team that makes some noise in the playoffs depending what the matchups look like. So let's move over to take your ball and go home. Is Le'Veon Bell the top running back play this week in fantasy football? I haven't set any daily lineups yet, so I don't know who I love, but I think Le'Veon Bell definitely has to be one of them against Cleveland. Keep... I'm holding on and waiting for this get-right game for the Steelers. And I just feel like Cleveland's coming at the right time. The Steelers seem to be reeling. 
it seems like they need to do something to right the ship, and I feel like Le'Veon Bell has to be a big, bigger piece than what they're doing. I mean, the offense has been scoring, but um, they need defense off the field because it's bad, and I think they may know that, so I think they may try to lean on Le'Veon Bell and run the ball with him more than trying to get him in space with the pass and make big plays. They need to just slow it down and start chewing the clock, so I think Bell needs to be a part of that. <clears throat> I'm going to say no, he's not, number one. But he's certainly probably two. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take DeMarco um, at Indianapolis. But I think Indian, Indianapolis run D is, is really soft. Um, I don't know that they're going to need Bell all that much. I actually, and I actually think that this game could be a little lower scoring than people think. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't play great on the road. Um, doesn't matter. I know Cleveland's terrible, but they, they just don't play well on the road. So if this game was at home... I might back that, but I'll go with DeMarco over Bell. I think I heard a stat this week. I think I heard Le'Veon Bell leads all players in catches since he came back. Which probably makes sense if he's at 45 and we just talked about. Yeah, so. He's been outstanding. Definitely, definitely was worth the the gamble there, Shane. I don't think the the road narrative plays out when they play Cleveland. In Ben's last five games against Cleveland, regardless of where it's at, he's averaging like 330 yards passing. That narrative doesn't play out when they go to Cleveland. We'll see. We'll see. I think it might be a low, lower scoring game, though. I, I agree with that. I could see it being like a, uh, similar to the Steelers, uh, the Ravens-Browns game last week, like a 28-7 or 28-13, something like that, so... Who wins this one? Take your ball and go home versus the Seawolves. Go home with T-Bag. I think it's the Wolves. I, I really do. I'm not trying to no jinx or anything. I, I really think that Phil's going to win this week. Um, I'm going to take the Wolves, too. I agree with you. Let's move over to um, <clears throat> Team Ice Cream versus Abusement Park. We'll start, start off with Abusement Park. Um, how do you guys like Martellus Bennett this week with the odds looking like Gronk's not going to play? I like it a lot. Alright. Yeah, I'm kicking myself. I knew I needed a tight end for this week. <coughs> and I went to pick up Bennett last week uh, before the games and I just couldn't pull the trigger. Um, would have been a nice stash with Gronk out this week. So uh, obviously I like Bennett. Right, let's move over to ice cream. Um, we have heard the narrative that the Redskins struggle with big receivers. Is Jordy Nelson a big enough receiver to dominate the Redskins secondary? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too high on Nelson this week. I know I usually don't play into the Josh Norman thing, but I I feel like they're they're going to find other ways to try and move the ball. I'm not a big Nelson guy this week. Um, yeah, he is. Touchdown in seven of nine games this year. Um, the Rodgers to Nelson connection has been there for Spears all year. Killed me last week with it. And I don't see it slowing down on a primetime game. So. His team is outstanding. Yeah, we're all chasing him right now. Yeah. We're all chasing him. I think we can all agree there that Spears has the best team in the league right now. Good for him, man. He needs the cash more than anybody, so <laughs> I'm all about Troy doing well. I'm rooting for him. Um, I think Nelson has a nice week. I think he's a good bet to score. 
the catches and big plays haven't been there, but the uh, the touchdowns haven't. I think he he's a good bet to score again this week in that matchup. They're going to have to score to keep up with Washington because the Green Bay defense has been terrible. All right. Who wins this one? I think, uh, I think we're all going to take ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, uh, ice cream. Saw firsthand last week how good they are. So, they're the best team. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a big loss for you, Shane. It was. I could have not wrapped up, but been two games up on the division with three to play. And now I'm looking at having to still scrap another win out somewhere to make sure I get in the playoffs. So. Yeah, and Troy still plays me. So, mm-hmm. sorry. Wish I was competitive. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the L.A. division. Start off with the Bull Weevils versus the Clan. Uh, Must-win matchup for both guys this week. Uh, more so for Bull, maybe, but Fegley really needs to keep pace because the teams in the um, the Favre division seem to have the, the lead on those wild-card races, so it's a big one here for both teams. We'll start off with the Bull Weevils. Is Allen Robinson back? Are we excited about Allen Robinson again? felt like in the beginning of the year like Jacksonville wanted to establish a new identity and they thought they were going to be better and now they're like oh we suck again um, <laughs> let's go back to what we were doing last year and and slinging the rock and so with that being said I think Robinson is back I gotta like him especially this weekend next week um, got some tough matchups in week 13 and 14 Denver and Minnesota um, and even Houston in 15 has a decent secondary shut down some receivers but I think Robinson's back. I mean, obviously, you're not going to sit him. You're going to roll him out there. Yeah, I think he's back, too. Um, definitely like Allen Robinson this week. Bull really needs a running back, though. Um, you know, losing Michael, he got cut. He's on the Packers now. Obviously, you're not going to run Kristen Michael out there. Um, in his first week in the Packers uniform right now, he's got Derrick Henry started. Um, we'll see if he's healthy. He'd still be probably a good start against Indianapolis, but... This team's desperately needing a, needing a running back too right now. Let's move over to the clan. Um, I'm disappointed we didn't get a Cameron Meredith question. Are you are we excited about him? Cutler doesn't seem to throw to him like Hoyer did when Hoyer was in there. That's why I thought we'd talk about it because he had that nice little stretch in there where he became a hot commodity on the free agency wire across every league. But that's kind of the theory: is is, is it does Cutler like him or not? But now with Jeffrey out, you think he has to go to him. I think he has to. So I think it, I think I like that play. Um, it's mysterious, but I like it. I think I like Eddie Royal more than Cam Meredith. Yeah, I'll take Royal over Meredith as well. But, I mean, Meredith's stock has to get a little bit of a boost, you would think. Definitely, yeah. Not sure that it's a great matchup against the Giants, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Let's move over to the clan. Uh, can DeMarco Murray keep this up? And where do you guys think DeMarco fits into rankings for, like, next year? Think he's still the top back next year? Or are we going to maybe fall back on him a little bit as he gets another year older at the running back position? Uh, I think he can keep it up. I think he's in a 
system again that fits, and they're doing things similar to what they did in Dallas. Um, they're grounding and pounding, and that's what he does best. Will we take a step back on him? I think a lot of guys are going to want to. I think a lot of people across the industry will tell you you need to, but <clears throat> I'm not sure that you do. Um, I, I think that he can keep it up. I think they've got a good system, and he's going he's gonna to thrive there. Um, it's certainly not what he was doing in Philly. We know that. Um, I think they're going to continue to ride him and allow Mario to, to grow behind him like he is. Um, and the way that they're using him in the passing game, too, is just a big help. Yeah, I'm not losing faith in Murray at all next year. He's going to be number three running back off the board, most likely. Right behind David Johnson and Bell, whatever order you like there. What about Zeke? I don't even think of Zeke, so he might be four. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I always, always forget about Zeke. But yeah, he's probably, probably the fourth running back off the board. Um, makes him, what, a late first rounder? Yeah. With the wide receiver taking priority so far, as we've seen. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not losing faith in Murray. They like to give him the ball. He gets in the end zone a lot. I think he's really good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be nervous to make him the fourth running back off the board next year. Um, but I still still like DeMarco Murray. I think if he was my running back one after draft day, I'd be excited about that. Got to feel like Fedley's going to probably keep him. I think he got him for a pretty good price this year. So, a lot to like there in DeMarco Murray. Of a Booby Miles moment last week. I was watching Red Zone. I have DeMarco Murray in some of my other leagues, and I was like, and he can pass. <laughs> nah, Booby Miles? Yeah, I, I don't really remember that movie, but. <laughs> I got you. He, yeah. he throws yeah. a halfback pass, and his uncle's in the stands. Oh, so they, okay, I got it now. Yeah, that was a pretty. For a touchdown last week? Did yeah, you yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about, so. All right, bad radio. Who wins? Shane, you have Jimmy Butler in your Fanduel lineup tonight. I do not. All right, good. I'm gonna go with Bull. <laughs> That's a guess. This one's a close one for me. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna take the Weevils though. And a close one. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Weevils too. It's real close. I don't know who Fed is going to put in that RB spot uh, for Forte. So, that that's a big one. He's got to fill that spot somehow. I don't know if he's trying to pull a trade off or what, but uh, he doesn't really have any other running backs available, so he's got to either add someone or make a move. So, that that's a big spot he needs to fill because he's got to get some production from there. If he makes a good trade, um, I would maybe swing this over to him, but right now I have to, I have to be in favor of both. Let's move over to the Hammer versus Steel Curtain. Speaking of picking up some running backs, let's make a prediction as to who Butler's going to start at running back this week. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you have any inside info there, Shane? I don't. Uh, I'm predicting, is this, a, is this a $10 fine if he lets two spots open? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's correct. Um, he's not going to leave two spots open. He said he's going to pick up two. I think he said on Friday he's probably going <clears> to, <throat> if he couldn't pull off a, a move for a running back and a trade. He was going to look to uh, Friday to pick someone up. So, well, we're almost at Friday. That being said, I would say he's going to go <coughs> with 
Weber's highest projected on ESPN's rankings. If I know Kevin, he likes his projections. So I guess that would be Chris Thompson. Well, Chris Thompson is going to be on waivers. Waivers are going to run Sunday morning, so that would be interesting. Yeah, right now it looks like Chris Thompson and Sharkhandrick West were the highest. Well, we got Dwayne Washington too, but Butler probably doesn't know who he is, so I would I would eliminate him from that possibility. Gonna be running out some running backs like I did week one in. Uh, Thompson and West, yeah, I think that's that's what we're looking at right now. I might be off the hook here for worst running back duo to be thrown out there this season. Eddie, how soon till you start dropping some of your scrubs to add some of these running backs and blocking for this week? I don't care enough to do so. Okay. All right. uh, I don't have any scrubs. Hunter Henry, you could drop him. Keeper option. All right, moving on. Uh, Steel Curtain, any excitement for Thomas Rawls? Is he a potential keeper option for you still, or are you out on that too? Um, I kept him around all year to see, so certainly see what he does here in the end, see if it's um, enough to intrigue me to think about it. Um, right now I have nothing to go off of. Um, the thing I'll watch more than Rawls's stat line is, is I want to see, not necessarily this week, but going forward, I want to see if I can get a beat on what's going to be as far as ProSize and Rawls' split. Because I know they like ProSize, so that's something I need to figure out. I don't know if I'll be able to. <laughs> Got to be excited, right? I mean, they get rid of Michael. Got to figure they're making room for him, um, at least somewhere. Um seen that the running back position in Seattle is, is pretty valuable fantasy wise um, I don't think we see him by any means turn into what Marshawn Lynch did for them um, obviously with ProSice in the mix but I think he becomes a startable play um, I think he's a flex option I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to I don't think I can put him into the RB1, RB2 spots but no he's a flex he's a flex for me He's a flex. I'm not sure if he's a flex this week. Uh, Philly's got a pretty decent front seven. Um, I think you have to be a little bit excited just because you get a player back of what we thought Rawls' caliber was. It's better than um, having that guy sit on your IR, but I think you have to temper those expectations and temper that excitement a little bit. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm glad I'm glad you're excited about him, Eddie. That that at least gives you something to look forward to and curtain down. Sure. <laughs> who uh before we go on, who are the uh who are the keepers then? What what are we looking at here? I didn't know we had to make them in week eleven. Uh, you don't have to make them in week eleven. <laughs> um, that's uh, there was a new rule. No, no, no. We haven't we haven't discussed that. There's no rule change. Um, okay. I was just wondering what's on your mind here. Obviously, we know we talked about Jeffrey. Um, yeah, I don't think you can keep him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've already told you I'm not keeping him just to spite the league. Um, Michael Thomas has to be in the discussion. Michael Thomas has to, has to be there. Um, Howard has to be there, I would think. No, he sucks. Um, 
Obviously Not Rawls. Good. What about uh, what about Robert Kelly? Looks like there's some talent there. Yeah, I mean you named half my roster. That's who I'll be looking at. Yeah, I, I, was... I went from like no options last year to a lot of options this year. It'll just uh, I don't know. Team Wait to see how the season plays out. Team of thirteen keepers, I think, is what they were called last year, last week. <laughs> I think so. I would keep Thomas and Jeffrey right now if I was you. So, who wins this matchup, Curtin Hammer? I'm gonna go with the Hammer. Yeah. I'm gonna take the Curtin. All right, final matchup: Perky on Power versus St. Louis Patriots. Power, three and seven. Uh, obviously, must-win game for them. Still waiting to see if any chips fall over there, if they make some moves. Um, we'll start off, though. Who do, you, who do you guys like better this week, Gio Bernard or Carlos Hyde? Both players probably will need to start um, for the power, but I'm just interested to hear who you guys like better. Huh. Carlos Hyde is a bit of a mystery at this point. Wow, I didn't even know it was that bad. I just pulled up his stat. 13 attempts for 14 yards last week. Yeah, Arizona yeah. D's pretty good. What's that? Arizona D's pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go with Hyde just because I think there's more touches. I'm going to go Hyde as well. Um, I don't think the New England defense is as good as, good as we think, so... I think Hyde gets in the end zone once. I'll take Geo. I think Buffalo is going to be able to score, and I think that that makes it a Geo game. So I'll take Bernard. Let's move over to the Patriots. Um, is Eddie Royal serviceable with the Jeffrey news um, of his suspension? He could be a flex option over, say, a Travis Kelsey. Sure is. Um, got a good rapport with Cutler. Yeah, obviously Cutler likes him. Um, certainly makes him a flex two option. Don't know that there's a whole lot of talent from Eddie Royal, but he's a veteran. Um, Cutler's going to have to throw the ball to somebody, like we talked about with Meredith. Just limited options, and Royal's looking like he's going to be one of them. So they're going to throw have to throw the ball a little bit because they're generally losing. So, yeah, some value there. Not on this team. No? No, I'm not playing him over Kelsey. I think Papa Cos might run into some problems in the playoffs with trying to pick the right matchups. He's got a deep, deep squad. Um, I don't know. Isaiah Crowell could be a guy that I would maybe consider taking out this week against Pittsburgh. No? No way. You don't think so? Can't stop a nosebleed. Pittsburgh run is brutal. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Kelvin Benjamin did a locker room with an arm injury. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, who wins? Power Patriots. I'll take Patriots. 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 Yeah. Clean sweep. All right, let's move over to bold predictions. Ed, how would your uh, how would your two for ones have done last week? I didn't have any. I wasn't on the show. 
That's why I said, how would your two-for-ones have done? I didn't know if you made the picks. No, I didn't. Alright. Least prepared segment of the pod. Yeah, absolutely. With, uh, more predictions. How about we go with... Tyrod Taylor. Top five quarterback this week. I like that. I almost said that one. I think uh, I'm right there with you that I think that one's going to be a little high scoring. Jared Goff, multi-touchdown game. <laughs> Let him come out of the gates, Ed. Yeah. Okay. A little excitement, a little excitement around the LA Rams. Okay. The, the hell they wait so long for. He, he <laughs> is going to suck something awful. <laughs> He's going to be terrible. I'll go Colin Kaepernick, top 10 quarterback this week. I like Cap against New England. You like them to put up early points, or are you talking, think it's going to be garbage, getting some garbage points in? Um, I think it's going to be a healthy mix. I think he's going to play a nice overall game. I can see that. I can see San Francisco surprising some people this week. I don't yeah. think they're going to win the game. No, definitely not going to win uh, the game, but I think that they're going to put up some points in that game. I don't know if this is bold enough, but I'm going to say Zeke Elliott is outside the top five. So that's bold the way he's been playing. Um, yeah, yeah. At home, especially. That's like a it's like a one point bold instead of like a five point bold. It's fine, <laughs> but it's bold. I'll go with. Frank Gore, top five running back this week. Gore. Interesting. Be good for the CBS. We need it. Yeah, he's our best running back, isn't he? Sure is. <laughs> it's not close either. <laughs> it's terrible. Absolutely awful. Really good team, though. Don't get it twisted. Um, Doug Martin, two touchdowns this week. I like At the, the Chefs. I like the Doug or not, yep. Outside the top eight. <laughs> um, yikes. Man, there are some bad wide receivers. I'll go R- Rashard, Mas- Rashard Matthews, top five wide receiver this week. I think he finds the end zone twice. go with my receiver one is Randall Cobb top 10 wide receiver play yuck 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 I'm gonna go same game (coughs) and I'll say Crowder's top 10 Deshaun's supposed to play this week I believe that's going to help Crowder immensely anybody know what the over under in that game is is it is a big one Fifty and a half. Oh yeah. That's uh that's a pretty big number. Yep, Tennessee game. Tennessee Colts is fifty three I'm seeing. New England's fifty one. And then that one's fifty and a half. Those are the only three at fifty or higher. Those are obviously the games you want pieces of. Yeah. Alright, two for one special. Give it to us, Ed. Titans plus three. 
spread should be the other way around. I feel like it's something's, something's weird there. Um, and the Los Angeles Rams plus two against Miami. Big Rams fan over there. I love the Rams. I think Todd Gurley's going to go nuts. I don't know why you think that. I'm debating if he's even worth keeping at $19 <laughs> at this point. It's so frustrating. I love him like a son. <laughs> he That is just an awful... If Jeff Fisher... Do, can I rant for a second? If this guy has a job after this year, they should move back to St. Louis. Because they're not doing the people of Los Angeles any favors. He is the worst. Him and Mike Tomlin, two worst coaches in the league. But... With Gus Bradley. How, how many times is your boy going to go for two this week? <laughs> he just ripped ass on the podcast. Seven. They're going to score seven touchdowns. Yes, sir. He'll go for two on a field goal. <laughs> Can we talk about how bad that is that he does that? Yeah, he single-handedly cost them that game last week. Well, he said in the press conference that the players weren't disciplined enough. He's not disciplined enough. Someone needs to discipline his ass on the sidelines. Dude's out out there tripping people, tripping people, (laughs) running his mouth, doing the dumbest things I've ever seen. He isn't, he's a moron. He is an absolute worst. Ugh. It's frustrating for me because I used to think he was a pretty good coach. He's a clown. But, I mean, I just don't, I don't get it. Um. I really don't get the gimmick of going for two, especially early in the game. It just doesn't do. You have one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, when when you don't when you don't get it, it's just such such a big difference. Yeah, anytime you give up a touchdown with that paper mache (laughs) defense that you guys just talked about, you're down a point. Like you you miss out on the point every time that you don't get it. And Boswell, it's not like Boswell is a decent kicker. I like Boswell. Do we not like Boswell Ed? Is he not good? He's fine. Uh, I don't know. I think he... I get, I get the going for two on the first touchdown. That's what they do. They've done it. They've been successful with it a lot. Um, it, it, it makes people feel like they're chasing a point, especially when they score first is when they seem to do it. They like to go up 8 nothing. That's such a dumb... That's such what a happened? dumb reason. It's what we do. It's what we've done in the past. You know what you haven't done? You know what you do in the past? You don't make the fantasy playoffs a lot in the past. Do you like doing that? I made it last year. I understand that, but you said that you have never won a league. You struggle to make the playoffs. Not trying, one, to, not trying to come at you, but... One time. <laughs> when I had Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes, I could have played those two and won every time. <laughs> I just don't... I don't get the... This is why this is what we've always done, so let's keep doing it. This guy's a no, moron. I think, I, I think that's his theory behind the going for two. Like, when he looks at it and says, if I can get an extra point every time, I'm not defending it. It was awful last week. But I think that's his theory. I said that to you guys last week. He thinks of it as, everyone says, why don't you go for two? And they'd say, well, that's this is just how the NFL does things. I think he challenges that. So, do I think it's smart? No. Do I agree with it all the time? No. Defend it sometimes. But last week was just ridiculous. He can't carry Andy Reid's jockstrap, so... Let's just where I'm at. Reed and Belichick are the best two coaches. In this I was going to say, NFL. real quick, let's go top five coaches in the NFL. Well, I think Reed and Belichick are at the top. 
I think uh, I think the Harbaugh dude from Baltimore. I love him. I think he's a great coach. I like Harbaugh. Um, now, the other guy who's a clown and needs to get fired is the dude in Green Bay, Montgomery. He's an idiot. He McCarthy. Needs to, McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah. He's got to get fired yesterday. I like Pete Carroll. Yeah, I like Carroll. Yeah, him and Belichick bring out the worst in each other, though. <laughs> they both, whenever they're against each other, they just both make some how, horrendous coaches. How about scenes. that decision? They're up seven and they yeah. go for two. It's yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. Um, all right, I got to pick two more coaches, huh? Uh, That's tough. There are some bad teams. I was thinking about him. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if he moves the needle for me. No, I like Bruce Arians. This guy I'd throw in there. This isn't going to be popular, but I think Jason Garrett's a really good coach too. I like Arians. I'll give you that. I'm good with Arians, and I like Pete Carroll. They're probably top five, but I'd throw Garrett up there too. I think he's a good coach. I definitely like. Uh, you gotta deal with like that. Too. Who? Todd Bowles. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think he works for the Jets. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, that was such a ridiculous answer. <laughs> what? What about, what about Mike Zimmer? I kind of like Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's another one. See, I like some. I like. Kaz, Kaz is a fantasy guy. Like he wants great offensive minds <laughs> that are just gonna go out there and blow up the scoreboard. See, I appreciate a good coach as a great defensive mind. Well, then you know who yeah. you know who you got to talk about. Then Marvin Lewis, guy's been winning games for a long time. Doesn't win the playoffs, but Marvin Lewis is a good coach then too. I don't mind Marvin Lewis. I've been one of the guys that always every year. I think you got to keep him where he is. I like him too. I like Marvin Lewis. So don't. <laughs> He makes them every year. I mean, you think because you switch coaches that something great's going to happen, but those are the teams that constantly are dumpster fires. You know who else sucks? Hugh Jackson, and I called that last year when that guy got hired. He's terrible. He's trying to win with guys that shouldn't be on high school football teams. He sucks. He's the worst. <laughs> that some... roster sucks. That place needs to change from the front. The best thing that that place could do is give him complete control. All, all I know is Jay Gruden is a top ten quarter, top ten coach at this point. That's absurd. We just named eight people. I think that we like. <laughs> so, who are you going with? That faceless guy in the Giants. What's his name? <laughs> Mac McAdoo. I couldn't. He could be sitting in this room with me right now, and I wouldn't know what that guy looks like. <laughs> He doesn't at all. <laughs> I have no idea what he, he looks, looks like. like a, he looks like a mall cop. You going with Rip, Rip, <laughs> Riverboat Ron? <laughs> Speaking of Todd Bowles, does he remind you of uh, the coach from Friday Night Lights that they play in the uh, championship game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just sucking on the lollipop, like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I remember that movie. I heard about that. <laughs> he reminds me of, like, Dave Chappelle, like, trying to be a coach or something. I don't know. Like, if Chris Rock or Kevin Hart were to do a skit as an NFL football coach, I feel like they'd be top. No, they'd be Mike Tomlin. That's absolutely who they'd be. If they were doing an NFL football coach skit, 
Kevin Hart would be Mike Tomlin, and he would kill it. <laughs> Guy's an idiot. All right. With that being said, wrapping up the Week 11 podcast, thank you guys for suffering through that with us. Shane, Eddie, thanks for joining. We'll talk again next week. Best of luck to everybody. Um, and we'll see where things shake out after this week. We'll be analyzing the trade deadline on next week's podcast.